0: This is Faith Over Breakfast, Season Two, Episode Forty Two. Uh, welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. This is Eric I'm sitting across the table from Andy. He's Hello. pastor of Mission Church. I'm pastor of the Village. We like had Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, yeah. You always, I always forget to say Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we have a conversation about being pastors. Yep. Just kind of more, a little raw, actually. It's was, it was good.
1: Yeah. And so it's not for pastors per se. No. It's not, it was more, I, I mean, I guess if you have a pastor, maybe you should listen to it.
0: Yeah, if you have a pastor or if you're just human. I think there's you're, a lot of humanness you, in this If you're one.
1: not an animal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. Okay, there we go.
1: Oh, Hey, Eric, how's it going? Are we on
0: live? We're live all right
1: it's good so, to see you
0: is it it is well, I,
1: th- I thought you were mad at me this morning
0: I thought you were mad at me really yeah yeah well, I thought you said that's a stupid idea I don't want to do that <laughs>
1: That's yeah. how
0: I read your text that's how yeah texting's great <laughs> I uh,
1: actually I had uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on like um, I don't even know what was going on during that time but I was like fielding that and and several other text. mildly stressful scenarios.
0: And so were they mildly stressful pastoral scenarios or were they mildly stressful family scenarios or just
1: um a little bit of everything. So
0: you kind of had it all raining. Yeah, it
1: was all and and the lines are not clear
0: for me usually. Yeah, that's the problem with being a pastor. Yeah.
1: So so yeah, is anyway. Cuz I'm yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm your a friend. I'm a boss. I'm a
0: Right, your children are and your and your wife are actually congregants, so you're their pastor doubled.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. They just uh it's amazing how much they view me that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> double pastor. Yeah. Thank you for being my double I pastor. I walk
1: in and they're just like Speak the word to me. Tell me <laughs> well, what does God have to say?
0: Do you really is that? Do you feel that you get that from your church in general? They look at you and they're like speak the word to me right now. Um
1: yeah, I, it's all over the map. I yeah. feel like there's there are some um who yeah, I think that my thoughts on a thing are really 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 important. Mm. And uh others I don't I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I mean People people bow to the floor when you walk in. No. No. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah.
0: I've never had anyone bow to me. Oh, I think there's that's good. I, I I think for one thing, like you were saying, the lines get blurred in particular in our kinds of churches when you don't when you keep deconstructing barriers. Mm. You know, like stages and pulpits and offices and mm. mm-hmm. you know When you remove a lot of form, all of a sudden, what what are the physical and sort of metaphorical barriers between you and the congregation? They're not there anymore, so people view you as their buddy, Mm -hmm. or their friend that they really care about, and then also you're their pastor, and so you insert your life into some more intimate parts of their life as you wrestle with stuff, and then you're also the one teaching them about God. right? So...
1: Yeah, and then I mean I don't know maybe you're better at this than me, but also in in you know our situation there are people that I get together with more often than others, and I think there's a well there's there's a there's a group of people who I like tend to interact with say on a Sunday when I'm at church more right you know like they're like a regular interaction there, Um, and then there's those who maybe won't do that but they'll want to have a meetup. And sure. get together, and we'll talk more. And then there's those I just see on a v- pretty regular basis through various, you know, whether it's the the business here or we're just in the same coffee shop on a regular basis or right. something. And then there are those who go to our church who I personally, you know, go, I, I don't see them as much, but I think they see, maybe they see Nick or Mike or somebody else, you know, they spend more time talking to, right. to somebody else here at the church. So, I mean... There's just no way to handle a group over that's bigger than three people, um, you know, and really give that much time to everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think you can't. I mean, I I think three is probably a smaller. I I really don't think once it gets over ten that you can offer people kind of an equality of engagement. Right. But I mean, yeah. As you grow, usually when you're kind of in the lead pastor position of some sort you are investing in your leaders or you're trying to invest in your leaders yeah and then you're investing in the people that you have a particular skill set which is usually some kind of crisis or doing some kind of mm-hmm. counseling that you know can't can't be done in uh with other people because yeah. they don't have that skill set or
1: or you tend to meet up with people when they're going through some kind of big life decision yes big life decisions yeah. And then you um, see that person more during that time, yes. often, and then it kind of yeah. isn't the same. After
0: that. Yeah, and I, I think as you get bigger, even that you're you're hoping that your staff and other elders are trying to pick up some of that too, because sure. you can't bear it. You just can't, right? Because yeah. it's one. If one person is going through a big life thing, you can be there. If five people are going through a big life thing in a week, mm-hmm. you can't be there for all five people or five groups of people. So you have to have some leadership structure to handle those things
1: yeah anyway all that was to say um your uh text about that was amidst a whole bunch of other things (laughs) um but i did uh yeah i was i was like oh okay we're talking about i don't know that that's the that was the (laughs) right that that was the impression i
0: got is okay we're we're talking about i don't know so um so anyway maybe that's what we should uh, title this I don't know. I don't know. I I actually was just thinking, why not just pull the veil back a little bit and let people into how you and I think about life and think about God and how we relate maybe on a more personal level with God. And then I was thinking, I think people want to know, like, what does Andy really long for his church? Like, Mm -hmm. what does he want to see in their growth? And what do you want to see your church in five years from now? What do you want it to look like? That kind of thing. What are your hopes and visions for things? And for okay. me too. So that's kind of what I was thinking.
1: Well, what do you long for in your church?
0: I'm going to work us backwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do I long for in my well, church? Well,
1: you're the one who's been thinking about this. This is I all actually in, this is new to me right this second.
0: I, I didn't actually think about it except last time. Like, hey, like usually if we start talking, you know, yeah, if nice. you and I went out for coffee, yeah, well, I would say, hey, Andy, how are you doing? And you say, hey, Eric, how are you doing? And we talk about what's going on in our relationship. And then I'd say, hey, how's Mission Church going? What, What's the struggle? How, you know, what, how can well, what I pray do you for you? What do you long for in the next yeah, five years? Yeah, what do you years? want God to do in your church? How can I Man, partner with that?
1: You're a good pastor if you ask that, those kind of
0: questions. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I'll take that. Uh, there are other elements of my life that I'm good at being a pastor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, yeah, you're great. Um
0: Thanks, sandy
1: you're welcome <laughs> so uh yeah i mean what what would you uh what would you what would you say what what are your what how I, how is your church already what you long for and what what would you hope for next
0: well i think my church is what i what i long for in the sense that it it is committed to a vision that there is a good sized core people who are committed to living in community together Trying to pursue the creative way of life, committed to walking alongside people who are hurting. Yeah. I think that that's there. It's present. I see it um, in, in a, and it's not centered on me. Yeah. And that, so that's cool. I, I like that. Um, I think in the future, I really do long for my church to grow in the sense of not for some ego thing. I don't want to go around and be like, oh, I have a $1,500,000 billion people church. I I, want to be, I think what the village has to offer, I want it to be offered to more people. I want more people to experience the goodness that it has to offer. And so I hope that my community catches that vision a little bit more than it it has, that Mm. it really longs to um, bring people in. Yeah. um, And it and it doesn't fear being overwhelmed. Because I think my church is—it's not that it's against being missional. They are. I think a lot of times they're just very—when it comes to their friends and their neighbors and they start processing that, they're like, oh, my gosh, this would be a lot kind of to to invite them into church and invite them into this community on both ends. I'm going to have to guide them in. And plus, wow, this is a lot to bring to my community to kind of walk people through. So I think— I hope that they get excited about that and that we move away from the need. I think there's a strong need in our community to fix things, like that we have to do it. Oh, okay. You know, so like that God can't—we can't invite people into this community, and he will do the healing, and we can join him. Because it would be on us, and, yeah. and then that would be a lot of work. and Yeah, well, yeah. I think people are used to—they're starting to feel what I felt for the first 10 years or so, which is getting the call at— you know, one at night or mm-hmm. rushing over to someone's house because of the, you know, emergency that all of a sudden they're having in their right. marriage and that kind of stuff. And people are like, oh, wow, this this is like a, a full-time life thing. Right. And so I don't know. I think there's a little bit of that going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. So what's, yeah, what do you long for? Like, what do you like about Mission Church? What, you guys, a year and a half in, two years? Uh, more like two and a half. Two and a half years yeah. into this merger. Into the merger.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel very much like it's a church of of uh, friends. I mean, I think that, and you know, there's the, the clickiness that can happen with sure. that. But I think I would rather be dealing with that than what I experienced in the past, which was just kind of walking into a big room and not really knowing anybody and hearing a good talk and good music and then leaving and those people really not being that integrated into my life. And I feel like, um, I feel like these are my people who were with in many ways. And sometimes that's hard because, you know, there's, it's like, there's so much overlap, kind of like what I was alluding to earlier. yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's like, in a way it's like, am I ever a pastor or am I ever not? Um, and, and it's kind of an interesting thing. It's like, am I, you know, because these people know me on, they know me well enough to know I'm not, like, so great. Um, and I know them well enough to
0: know that too, right? right. And, um Which is what people supposedly want. That's a yeah. deep and honest authenticity. Yeah, right, right. And but that's it's... what we set out to
1: do. And we set, like you said, not to have, you know, this... um. Yeah, kind of separation of like I'm a professional clergyman and you are a lay person. Right. Um, that all all that just sounds strange and kind of repulses me to some degree. Um, even though there's probably something to recognizing the call of God, I think I struggle to sure. um, relate to that idea. But I've come to believe that it you need it because otherwise, how could you ever sit under the teaching of any person? Unless he recognized that God had called them to something, right?
0: No, I agree. Um,
1: and so, yeah, I, but I love that. I love that we're. I love that it's a, a community of friends. Um, I love the ways that we've we've pulled together to to make things happen and to um, be there for each other um, and for others. Um, I think the things that I love are also the things that I. Wish were, there was more of. I mean, I wish that we were. I mean, I think in a way our church is extremely sacrificial, and then in a way we're not. Uh, kind of, I think, kind of like what you're saying. Like, you have a church that's very oriented toward people in pain, but then they they also realize how much that's going to cost and kind of recoil from it a little bit. And I think that, I think that we do that too. I think we're we're. I mean even our name mission, it's like this idea that we are we're out there, we're getting it done. And sometimes we do and then other times I think we're just like tired of it. Um and maybe going, Look, I'm I just need some I need some time, I need to be invested in, I need um or like that's just too much. It's too cost. I've got too much going on right now. I can't Yeah. Um and I, and I think that is a balance that needs to be struck, and we're human, and so we miss it. Um, but I, I long for us to be – I mean, I, sometimes I think we need to be sacrificial on the days we don't feel like it. And then yeah. sometimes when we feel like that's what would bring us meaning, we need to rest. Right. So, it, you know, yeah. It's just hard to decide when's when. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I mean I and I feel that and I'm sure I I think our church I think I see that in the lives of other people too. So. Yeah, I'm trying to work on when to when to say no and when to say yes and you
0: know, I blow it
1: all how the time to, like how the to
0: set boundaries. Yeah, like the it's other hard. day
1: at church I was sick, you know, on medication uh there cuz I felt better in the afternoon, but My family had signed up for potluck and, but then again, I'm also one of the people that's going to get talked to at the end of church. And I said, I was going to leave early, uh, ended up being the last one to leave. Um, didn't help do the dishes, hurt my wife in that. Um, you know, I, it was a rough day. Yeah. And so I was feeling all of that tension of like, I'm supposed to serve, I'm supposed to give my life. I did some of that today. I showed up. I, I stayed. I talked with people. I didn't do it to the person who was really hoping I would.
0: Duh. Yeah. Bummer. Well, that's definitely ripping the veil back a little bit. There you go. Saying into Andy. For sure. Yeah. I'm
1: trying. That's what you said we were doing.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's awesome. That's really cool. Well, probably not. Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. it's <laughs> yeah. so cool, that was Eric. So cool, like uh, you had trouble with boundaries, and where it creates a conflict with your wife. That's it's awesome. So cool. Dude, it's just the best, right, right, right. <laughs> That's what we're going for in life. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So that's, but I think that type of stuff. I guess what I'm saying is what I think our that struggle is. You could say that that's, I think, the struggle of our church, too. Do I show up when I'm tired? Um, Do I serve all night long or just part of the time? Right. Do I—how much am I going to give here? How much is just exhausting? When do I need to be recovering? When do I need to tell somebody, look, I just can't do it anymore? Uh, When do I need to go, no, it's Christ in me, and I'm going to keep moving even though I don't feel like it? And I think those are tensions we're all in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I've had to learn as being a pastor over the last five, six years is how do I ask for help? How do I say I can't do this anymore? Right. You know, how do I be vulnerable and weak? Because I am the person who's looked to, to be strong. Right. Even if people say, hey, you have permission to be weak, they still are saying, but we'd rather you be strong yeah um and and because the burden is on them um and it's nice to be taken care of and they and people long for that um so i you know just even asking for help when i don't even need it has been the real part that's hard for me yeah because i do need it but i don't think i do and i think that's been a big a big deal um from talking, you know, from saying up front, hey, everybody, I'm going home early. Yeah, it's Because I'm not feeling well. You know, like yeah. that has been, or or going to my pastors and elders and saying, if you have a, you have a key, good, because I'm going home. Yeah. I need, the dishes need to be done. This needs to happen. Can you help my wife? Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of pouring those things out has been, it's really vulnerable because it's like people say, well, yeah, that's not, I don't want to do that, or it's really hard, and I want to, yeah, I got to go home too. I'm tired.
1: Yeah. What about, what about my stage? I'm, I'm, I got to yeah. go to work tomorrow. Eric, yeah. you're a pastor. You have nothing to do the rest of the week.
0: Yes, I don't. <laughs> I have nothing to do. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm surprised you're even, it's, it's nine o'clock and I'm surprised you're out of bed.
0: I, yeah. yeah. It's been hard to motivate lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's the summer, man. It's really hard. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, yeah i mean that's uh did, i mean do you feel like i mean in general the the vibe of the village is you guys are like a big family it's a big living room it's a big yeah. you know um desert. and in many ways i suppose you you might experience some of that, but then even the big family is complicated right yeah, because the kids are don't don't do the dishes and you gotta tell them to help mom and right it's um i mean how do you ever has it ever crossed your mind where you've gone you know, I wish I just was a mega church pastor with an office and I just walked out the back and, uh, you know, into my uh, SUV and drove
0: away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't ever think about that. What I think about is I want to be a pastor who gets to go and put in 30, 35 hours of studying the Bible and oh, preparing sure. and crafting a message. Sure. And I really, because I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I enjoy the whole process. And it's probably one of the more favorite parts of my job. Um, But because I have a smaller space of time to do that, I feel like sometimes I get more creative anxiety Mm. around sermon building because I have, you know, 10 hours at max, you know, to put this message together. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just about finding scripture it, there's a lot of wrestling through your own life right because scripture convicts and you want you want to be humbled by it before mm-hmm. you bring it forward so there's that element but and then there's
1: actually applying it to human beings in your church not yes. just telling them what it
0: means but right yeah so you're moving to that to that but then there's this whole other section of you're doing public speaking you're right. standing in front of people there's delivery and delivery and learning how to deliver is part of having, making a sermon. And every and I think when I deliver one, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a good delivery. I think the next time I work on a sermon, I'm like, oh, there's no way I even know how to deliver. I don't know how to stand up in front of people and talk. Right. Like I have to go back through that process of how's this gonna present? How am I gonna what am I gonna emphasize? How do I emphasize it? Yeah. And then you know when you stand up in front of people and you're in that moment and you're emphasizing it and you look over at that person and they yawn or they roll their eyes or they or whisper something or they to walk him, away or they get up and walk out. You're yeah. like, wait, this was the best part of yeah. this message. You need to hear this. Why are you going to the bathroom? Right. Or
1: are you going to the bathroom? Are you just going <laughs> like, home? You're going yeah. home, right? <laughs> do you do better with a big group or small group? I'm more. I'll just throw. I'm more comfortable with a big group where I'm unaware of individuals. Yeah, you and know,
0: that's not what God gave me. Yeah, no, He didn't give me that either. <laughs> um, and He's now that we've gone to two services, He's really right. that. You know, so I was, I was, I used to think that I would be better at a big group, and I, I am more comfortable in a big group. Yeah, but I watched this podcast talking about public speaking just well, over vacation, and this one line stuck out He said, When you walk in the room, you can choose. Is the room gonna control you, or are you going to control the room? And that actually killed my anxiety. Huh. Because I realized it's not about the size of the room. It's just about am I gonna be genuinely honest in my emotional expression, even if there's three people there. Right. And, you know, and that has helped. It changed coming back because I'm like, I was preaching to 25. In the evening service and about 30 in the morning services because so many people are on vacation and uh it was great i loved it it was fun yeah because i was not really i think part of it is i i really find it's, uh, some value out of the packed crowd and people laughing at my jokes and engaging sure. with right. me and right. there's some identity there right and power that you don't get a sense of when there's 25 and you like tell a joke and one person in the corner laughs and yeah. everybody looks at them like, what's funny? Right.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know if it's, and there's, there is that for me, the identity thing, but I also, I just become hyper aware of individuals and it yes. distracts me. Yes. That, that happens. Like the, the little kid who's moving around, if there's, you know, 100 people, I don't notice that yeah. kid. If there's 20, I yes. notice that
0: kid. Yeah, you notice the and kid. And I'm like, what
1: is going on with that kid? And I realize I'm talking, but I've been thinking about something else for the last 30 seconds while talking. Yes. And that's the strangest phenomena. I'm sure public speakers everywhere know I what I'm talking this. about. But it's a, it's a very weird thing to think. I have been saying a thing that I believe I'm very convicted of right. while thinking about something else for a while. <laughs> and then uh, and then how do I expect these people to sit here and listen to me well, and then when I can't even listen lose. to me while I'm talking.
0: Yeah, you lose where you're at. You too, do lose if right. you think that far ahead. I this Sunday in the morning finished my sermon and I was, you know, offering kind of the little thing about communion. And I ended it with saying, you know, taking the bread and the juice and remembering what Christ has done. Right. And then I was explaining our sinner's chair, yeah. or our healing chair. I said, "And blah blah blah, you could do this, this, and this, and then you can go sit in that chair and remember what Christ has done for you." <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute! <laughs> well, I, that's right. am yeah. but I was thinking about all the next things that needed mm-hmm. to happen, and I just, yeah, my language got all mixed up, and I was like, "Oh, so, oh, oh never mind." Yeah. <laughs> so, so.
1: Do, you, um, do you, as a pastor, who are you most jealous of, and when does that come up? for you
0: who am i most jealous of I'm... <laughs> gosh so in what way
1: just any anyway. way i mean do you do you struggle with jealousy like in like like comparing you know i mean in in uh I mean, this could be, like, other churches or people who just don't have to have responsibilities like these or, I mean, whatever.
0: You know, I, I don't think I'm jealous of people's, like, positions. So I don't think, oh, you know, like, this person's over at this church and, I, and they have that position and I really yeah. would like that position. I think what I get jealous of is I don't hear a lot of outside, um, like, praise. So, but, but when All I right. go around and talk to people— I talk to a lot of people who are in the Christian community, yeah. And what I hear is, oh yeah, like I really like you know, Josh is like his teachings really good, or Chad over Second Mile, like, I really like that. These are things I've heard recently, yeah. like that's really solid teaching, or the worship music is really right. good, right? You know, and and you're like, so I am a little jealous of not them in particular, but jealous of the fact that these people are telling me, and I would like to hear that about yeah. my own community, but. Nobody comes up to me and says, your teaching is really solid. Like, it's yeah. you know, I don't hear that. Right. And nobody says, oh, that's the reputation of the village or whatever. Right. right. And I don't think anybody tells Josh or Chad that outside of their community. I mean, people, outside people aren't coming and saying, hey, you, you're just amazing at what you do all the time. But I'm jealous of, of the praise. I don't know. That, that may sound weird to you. but No,
1: no, no, no. No, not at all. I I, I get that. I was gonna say I have a weird, um, like a distrust when I hear because every once in a while, like actually last week, and this is good, good people, but said something about just the music here is just so great, you know. Um, there's something about my journey, you know, like I just when I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, I'm like, eh. you know, like I don't, like that's gonna fail you. This isn't gonna, it, this isn't. It does. It doesn't strike me as a good sign when somebody or somebody comes up. Wow, powerful teaching, pastor. You know, I go. Right. Oh, okay. We'll see how this goes. You sure. know, I don't know. It's uh. There's something.
0: Right. Because you, you're like, well, I'm gonna disappoint you. I'm
1: gonna disappoint you later. Because like, okay, you like today, sure, but then wait till I say a thing you disagree with, or wait till you've come five times and it's no longer new and novel. Because
0: right, or you were just not. You were sick, and the sermon he preached was, you know, like, okay, that wasn't, you just didn't have it.
1: But I mean, have you ever had that experience where you go to, I mean, you visit churches, I do too, and you go for the first time somewhere and it's different and there's something and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that was, wow, I like the way they did, you know, Lord's Supper was different. And that was mm-hmm. just really refreshing or the way he talked about that. But then imagine you hunkered down and went there for two years and no, it's no longer different or refreshing. It's just, oh that's just pastor todd and uh yeah i don't know i think something like inherently changes like the the oops the new the novelty of of something like that isn't it can't last it goes away and um and so i'm really interested in people who aren't with us for that for the the novelty of it or the fact that it's different than what right. they experienced but sure. people who are like I love I love these people. I'm committed. I want right. to serve with you through thick and thin. On the day that your sermon stinks, and on the day that the music is all off key, right? That's when I want to be here. Then you know, right. but but it's always. I mean, compliments are nice. It's, yeah, no, it, it's wonderful, and I they love are. I love. I I have a hard time receiving compliments, but I do like them. Right, <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know what to say. <laughs> I just I'm like, uh, thank
0: you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think I think the hard part for me, and maybe it's just, I, I get really frustrated with with the way people analyze church, and, yeah. and so, but because I'm a pastor, when I talk to people outside of my own church, they analyze it on two things: is what does the teaching like, the and what's speaking the, and the music? Yeah, yep. and every time, every time you know, they have good worship, and they have good speaking, or the speaking's not great, but the worship's really cool, or and then when they complain, it's odd to me. Is yeah, there's a little bit of complaint about uh, the speaking, but usually the complaint is yeah, I could handle the music wasn't that great and the speaking was great, but the community, like, was bad and like we just couldn't be or, there. And somebody hurt me or there was yeah. a toxic
1: thing. That, yeah, no, no rarely <laughs> does anybody leave. They they don't go like you know what the worship sets have just been real bland. Like I'm right. out of here. Right. No, it's right. right. It is interesting, right? So then, like, if that's the case, why not look for a church based on community instead of worship and preaching? Right.
0: Right. Well, I kind of feel like what I like about the village and what I've seen in in people's life, if you go back to, to what we talked about, is that people, as they join the community and as they grow into it, start talking about the speaking and the worship as something that's gradually became more powerful to them. Over time. Over time. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they realize that it's speaking to them in the context of their growth and in, in, in both from mm-hmm. those places. And I think that's a powerful thing. I think sometimes the people come early on, I think it's less now this way, but they would be like, well, the preaching's kind of amateurish. The yeah. worship music's weird. You know, the people are weird. <laughs> I mean, that's often like, unless you were weird or you like strange, you know, worship music or. You're willing to listen to an hour and 10-minute sermon, because that's how long they used to be. You didn't stick around. Yeah. Or you were found friends. You were hurting, and that was a place that seemed like people loved you. Right. Right, but right. But you kind of had to fit into that. I don't know. But yeah, jealousy, to go back to that, it's just compliments. I'm jealous of compliments. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I am sometimes in the middle of stress, jealous of people who are sitting in their office with right. an assistant answering their phone calls and- Making- and, Two hundred thousand a year, making more, more money or something like that. Yeah. We just had
1: a lady. We're sending a, our daughter to school and and uh, to a to a Christian school. This is new. And uh, and one of the administrators said to my wife because we're um, filing for like an assistance program mm-hmm. for pastors. And my wife kind of called because the money hadn't been knocked off the bill, and the lady's like, "Oh, you have to like apply for that. You can't just say you're a pastor." And then she kind of laughed and said, you know, there are plenty of pastors who don't need assistance. And my wife was a little bit, I think, mildly like, oh, what, what's that about, you know? But it's true. Like, I know from my past experience, like, some of the pastors sending their kids there make way more than the other people, right? Right. And um, these administrators are aware of that. They they know, like, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're, right like, short on, short on cash. Um, so anyway, it's of course i i think about how much i put in heart mind and soul and and then think like there's some some people that just don't do that i mean or they they don't have to do as much and they just like life's just easy now that's not true no. i don't know anything no. about their lives no. but i'm saying that when the jealousy rises up sure, it's like those
0: are more the internal thoughts
1: yeah and it and it of course that's just not the case and then and that's not what it means to serve in my context. And when you're in a context where big people give big money, there's stressors, major yeah. stressors to that that yeah. I've I'm aware of and I'm not jealous of those. <laughs> right. So <No, laughs>
0: each one comes with its own there's its ups own and burdens. downs, major ups and downs. Yeah. 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 Now, I think I think the hard part about being a pastor is I don't know if people like you can have a really good day. You can have this m- moments with God where you're, you're, you repent of your own sin. You see the vision that he's calling you to in different places, and you're excited. And the next day, the enemy, mm-hmm. your congregation, even you, kind of crumple that very quickly. Yeah, sure. And there's this deep discouragement that could this vision ever happen? Could, right. is this, was this something really from God or was this just my own aspiration? My stupid idea. Yeah, my yeah. stupid idea. And, and you can lose hope so quickly as a pastor where you're just like, yeah, why why am I doing this? People, people will never move in the direction they're supposed to. Right. And you can be very nihilist and very, yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I suffer from a lot of... I'm discouraged a lot. Um and usually it's not anybody's particular like fault. It's just it's a it is that that spiritual battle, inner turmoil. Yeah. Um yeah, just being I was talking to our intern John and he he asked me something about do you ever like get bitter at the people in the church? I think he was like he tasted it, right? Like as a new intern and he's working with people and I think he was starting to feel yeah. A little bit of that. And I was like, all the time. <laughs> like, oh no. Like I hate to you know, like, but it this like because so much of your life has been dedicated to these people and they're moving somewhere, um, and you've you've given yourself to God for this, and then you forget that God's the one doing the work and you start to think like, you know, that if that's not happening, it must be your fault, and then it's very easy to then just kind of turn it on on people in your heart and be like, "What's wrong with you?" Mm. Like, and um, which is not good. I mean, that, but it. I think I bet that um, most pastors as pristine as they come across are dealing with this stuff, yeah. right? Like, yeah, no, they are. Because I mean, that's, I mean, that's what happens with, you know, you're a parent with two kids. And your kid's not becoming the person that you always wanted your kid to be. You know, how many times have I had this discussion with people when I was in youth ministry? Like, I wanted my kid—all I wanted was for them not to be, you know, like, I wanted them to honor women unlike I did when I was a kid. I invested in it. I did everything, and they don't. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And just how, like—and then— it makes you better toward them and it makes you feel like a failure. Yeah.
0: So when you're in those moments of like, okay, darkness of your ministry, like where you're trying well, it's hard to get out of bed, or you're it's or you're kind of feeling weighted down by the enemy or people. Like where in scripture do you like what's like the go to beginning to like kind of walk with God out of these things? Like where do you end up in scripture usually?
1: Hmm. I mean, usually, when I'm really there, i just I, I end up in psalms um I don't know something about the Any particular
0: one that that I mean, you
1: find it feels so cliche, but psalm forty has been huge for me. It's, it's cliche a, just because you too you know yeah. and all that but 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 a
0: great psalm, yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, like waiting I waited patiently for the Lord, he inclined in her micro just so much about um you know God's going to be the one that that redeems and works um I mean, so that's that's been a big one um, for me, you know, throughout my life. And um, and then, I mean, I think for me it's just hard to do is to believe that God is the one doing the work, you know, and I, I can intellectually say it all day long. Um, I can say it, I can preach it, but to, like, practically live as if that is the case and so just there's a lot of prayer like prayers for me when i'm in those places and that's this happens a lot um is just this like asking god to teach me show me Hmm. help me see that something that he is actually doing good and that it's not and that i can rest in him yeah, that's and that those are hard to believe for me, and so that that gets a lot of prayer time. That that theme over and over again. I don't know. How about you?
0: Yeah, I I think there's a, a number of places that I end up. Um, I think I I end up in since I was a kid in Proverbs three five and six. Uh-huh. You know, trust in the Lord yeah. with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, He will. Knowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So there's like, mm-hmm. I always like it's a very readjusting yeah. proverb for me. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of following that. I think Isaiah 55, the proverbs, are you weary? Are you thirsty? You yeah. know, come to the riverside. Like there's like, I am, this is who I am. Yeah. That's a big, a big part of it. Um, those two are, are ones that I, I end up Going to a lot of just resting in them. And oddly enough, like, it, you know, First John 5 11 12, you know, in this testimony that mm-hmm. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. He has the Son of life. He is not the Son of God's not life. Like, that as a mantra for me is really powerful because, it's like, okay, I have the Son, I have life, regardless of all of this yeah. garbage. Like, I've been given eternal life. I may not understand it, but I have it. And yeah. that I can hold on to. So those kind of – I begin with those, but I, I think one of the things that I've learned over the last year and a half, two years is when I'm in this darkness, I just go get my journal. I go find a place that's quiet, and I just start praying journal-wise. I'm yeah. just like, Father, this is where I'm at. this is, And I just tell him everything people should not look at my journal. <laughs> All right, I mean, if you don't if you find it somewhere, don't pick it up. Burnt. Um yeah, but but it's just me pouring out my heart and I try to yeah. listen to what God is saying and write that down so that I can go back and read it and say, "Oh, okay. Mm. I've been here before and God said something." Right. You know, and that's been really helpful over the last 2 years. Yeah. to like kind of readjust.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but it's a discipline like, you know, a lot of times I think I was listening to a podcast on the way here. And it was, I only got the first like five minutes because my phone wasn't working. But like I was saying in the promo, like we as pastors, we know how to tell people what to do. Right. And we're good at it. But we usually go to what works the easiest as pastors hmm. because we don't have a lot of margins. And that's not healthy. Like we have to stop and go right. do it. Even if it means saying no to a meeting. Right. Saying no to somebody. Who thinks they need help or not getting something done at the church that you really wanted to get done, sure and that that's hard I think that's sometimes it's harder for me to like when I think, hey, there's some projects at church I need to do like at the building I can go do that <laughs> that's a tangible thing like right. you know, and it's hard to be like, okay, I can wait till next week or someone else can do that,
1: yeah, sometimes those things are really rewarding because you can actually. Well, in theory, see the result at the end, except for sometimes you don't, right?
0: Right. Well, your sound booth, that was one. That was one. (laughs) You did, went and worked on
1: that. Yeah, I was, uh, I did, I got overwhelmed this past week because I wired up something and it didn't work. Oh, no. And so I was excited. At the building? At the building. (laughs) I was excited for that to work. And not only did it not work, like... It, like, actively didn't work. It tripped a breaker, and I oh, went, wow. oh, perfect. Not a, You know, now I need to go back through that and fix it, and the wiring's on the roof, and it's really stinking hot. And it was, like, such a sweaty – which is probably why I reversed a wire or something because it was, like – even I would go early in the morning, and it was just – by the time I was done, I was sopping, you know. It was just – Right. And uh, anyway – And apparently I was getting sick, which I didn't realize, because I felt like I was just getting very drained. Did you get, like, strep? or No. I don't know. Just congestion and, Mm. I mean.
0: Just the regular things that are going around. Yeah. Because you said you're on medication, so I thought, oh.
1: No. Well, yeah. Just, just like, trying to break up the congestion, if anything. Um, But just kind of, like, sinus pressure, a little headache. And I think I was feeling that when I was up on the roof. Anyway. Point is, um, I so badly wanted that to just work and look good and be done, and mm-hmm. it still isn't, and that sort of little stuff just sort of like pokes at me too. Yes. Um, and then there's some form of leak going on at the church that is – it's a mystery. It's like I have theories only. Like roof leak? or Well, I didn't think so. I thought toilet. But now I've come to it being roof, and then the rain didn't seem to affect it, so I'm starting to wonder if the air conditioner that seemed to be underperforming is if the coils are freezing and then Uh, it's draining, and that's where it's coming from. But this is a whole maze of stuff. And then I start a... So that isn't easily solved, and then I start going... Uh, like I don't want to have to solve this, and hopefully somebody else is going to help figure that out. But um, anyway, no, even, no. those kind of things like
0: they weigh on you, and they'll be in, in be weird, weird ways on you when you're working on your sermon.
1: Yeah, well, right. I sat down to work on my sermon yesterday, and then and there's all sort. Anyway, there's like there's just stuff going on. I couldn't get I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I could not. I was sitting there. I had the time. There were various. Stressors from home and my aunt being in hospice, mm. and um, and these unsolved problems and stuff at work, and I just at the the business here, which and there was nothing of which I had to accomplish during that time. I had the available time, right? It wasn't a time management issue; it was like a mind management issue. I could not, um, I couldn't like wrap my mind around what is God saying to His people. I just couldn't do it,
0: right? And I think that's, I think that's where young mothers, yeah. and pastors, of of church, of small churches in particular, right. have the same kind of thing. Is it's not that they don't have time to take care of their kids and get them into bed and do all the things that they need to do, it's that they don't have mind space to do that. Right. And I think that's partly as pastors too. We especially when we're small church pastors, where we have lots of different hats mm-hmm. and lots of different places that. We have time to do all of it. It's not that there isn't right. time. It's that our, we don't have mind time because each one of those things costs more usually. Yeah. And partly the just the hat shifting costs yeah. you something. And you, as bivocational, I think have even – Added burden.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm torn on it because I think it's a burden and I think it's a gift. Oh yeah, there's blessing to the, it. Well, and part of the blessing is I think about if I'm if I'm really asking people in our church to have you know like a job, a vocation, sure. and a family, and this yeah vibrant, active faith in Christ, mm-hmm. then I'm asking them to do that. Sure. Like I'm asking them to not that they need, should switch hats, but I'm asking them to be able to have like spiritual discernment yes. and. To be seeking God and thinking through these things, and you know, on a mission in their workplace or however you want to put it, sure. Um, and they're and they're going to have to have those. They're going to wrestle with that. Yeah. So, if I didn't, I almost would feel weird about if all I did is just like. I've got my study time and I'm just in the zone. Which, you know, never would really be the case. No. You're but, not gonna have that. But speaking of
0: someone who doesn't is not bivocational.
1: I know. It's not how it works. No, I, and I wasn't always bivocational, so I remember. But but I but I think being bivocational and having the stressors of I actually think it's very healthy for me to have to think of profit mm-hmm. and ministry. Like sure. I mean because that's where our people are at, is dealing with that kind of like do I do i make enough money like that's not that can be a worldly obsession mm-hmm. but it's also a reality that a reality. you need to think about
0: yeah i don't know yeah the only the only pushback i'd have on that is the burden they don't have of protecting a flock yeah of that is different of feeling the the force responsibility of the, the weight yeah attack mm, yeah that too they don't have that so that at the, at the same levels right and uh and so that's where I think it affects the mind space where you stare. And yeah. Like, oh, I don't have it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. sure.
0: Well, Eric. I think uh, we I think we've
1: had a podcast. So thank you for for it's going this way with
0: me for once. You're welcome for once. You're welcome. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Yeah. that way, but. See,